Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our Gospels for the next two weeks focus on that inexhaustibly rich conversation between Jesus and Peter, which took place somewhere in the vicinity of Caesarea Philippi in the far northernmost region of the Holy Land near the source of the Jordan River. Jesus asked his gathered disciples that peculiar question upon which I've commented often, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's asking for a popular opinion poll, if you want, and he gets a rather predictable answer. Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. In other words, he gets a whole range of responses from the people. If we took a public opinion poll today concerning Jesus, you'd get a similar range of answers, maybe not all as as positive as those were. Then he turns to his immediate circle and he asks the same question. And they fall silent. But then Simon speaks. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The people didn't have the right answer, nor did the elite circle around Jesus. Only Simon had it right. And so, in the wake of that confession, Jesus says something extraordinary. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And upon the rock of this confession, Jesus resolves to build his church. Listen, and I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The church is grounded in this mystical revelation. Peter didn't get this insight from his own reflections. He didn't get it from polling the people. didn't get it from talking to his confreres. It came, Jesus said, not from flesh and blood, but it came from his heavenly Father. It's upon that confession, that mystical revelation, that the church is founded. Now, what I want to do in this homily is to reflect upon this extraordinary phenomenon of the church, this community which Jesus grounds on the confession of Peter. The word used in the Greek here is ekklesia. Our words, of course, ecclesiastical and ecclesial come from this. I might urge you to resist the temptation to rush to the translation of church with all of its associations and overtones. What ecclesia means literally is this, those 
who have been called out from. Ekklesia comes from the two Greek words ek and kaleo. Ek is from, kaleo is to call. The ecclesia, the ecclesia, the church, is that community that has been called out from. Now, there are three things that we can derive from this. First of all, if there's an ecclesia, there's got to be a caller. There's got to be someone who's calling. Secondly, there has to be something out of which people are called. Thirdly, there's got to be something new into which they are called. To understand these three things is to understand an awful lot about the church that Jesus founds. First of all, the caller. Who is the caller of the ecclesia? Christ himself. I've said it often before to you, the church is not a a philosophical society. We're not just a congregation of like-minded people who who reflect on, on things in common. We are a community who have been called by a person. We've been summoned, personally addressed by Christ, and called into fellowship and friendship with him. The church is not, therefore, an organization that we join, not a club that we decide to participate in. Now, I know, I know, this goes against our American sensibilities. I mean, we're, we're a joining society. We like to join organizations and clubs and groups. But that's not what the church is. Christ claims those who walk with him just as he claimed his 12 disciples, just as he called Peter to this particular work. You know, this explains why, I think, it's really finally impossible to leave the church. Now, I know that sounds strange, again, in our American setting. You know, you join a club, well, you can resign from it. You can be a member of the Chicago Cubs fan club, but you get mad at, at Lou Pinella, you can leave the Chicago Cubs fan club. You can join the Democratic Party, you can get annoyed with it, you can leave. But the church doesn't function that way. Those who have been called by Christ, who have received the mark of baptism, are like, I'll say it kind of bluntly, they're like cattle who've been branded. You know, in the Old West, I think it's still true today, when you want to claim the the cattle, the the rancher will brand the cattle. It's mine. It belongs to me. Well, baptism sees an act of Christ. Not so much my act of joining the church. It's Christ's act of branding me as a member of his body. We have that great line from G.K. Chesterton. He said, those who have been hooked by Christ can be allowed to swim to the ends of the world, but can be drawn back by a twitch upon the thread. We're like those who are run down by Francis Thompson's hound of heaven. We don't choose Christ. Christ chooses us. We don't join his club. He joins us to his body. We've been called personally by him. Okay, if it's an ecclesia, 
a group of those who have been called out from, there has to be something that we've been extracted from. There's got to be some way of life, some way of being that we've been called out of. Well, that's true. The Bible calls it the world. Now, you know, the word world is multivalent in the Bible. It has a very positive sense. God so loved the world. But it's also got a very negative sense. The world, standing for all those things that are opposed to God's intention. Hatred, violence, division, the darkness of sin. We have been called out of that way of being and choosing and thinking and seeing. You know, watch this, friends, throughout the Bible. Our God is a choosing God, an electing God. He's always calling people out of. So he called Abram from Ur. He called him out of the practices of his people, called him into a new way of life. He summons Isaac and Jacob. He called Joseph and Moses. He calls Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel out from the others to form a new people. Israel is not like the other nations. How important that is in the Bible. Now look especially in those odd books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, all of these laws and regulations that define the people, and we wonder, like, what's the point of that? Well, the point is to define Israel as something else. Called out from. Given, yes, distinctive laws. Given, yes, a distinctive covenant. Jerusalem has a wall around it, and Nehemiah is very interested in rebuilding that wall when it's been knocked down. That's so that Israel might be a defined people called out from. Now, I realize, again, this goes against the grain. We are an inclusive culture. Tolerance, acceptance, drawing everybody in are great values for us, perhaps even the supreme value. But see, church people have been called out from something. We can't just be tolerant of every point of view. We can't just say, oh, the world, sure, that's fine, and the church is fine. No, no, the church is distinctive. Do we look different from those around us? Well, maybe not in the, in the, in the physical, superficial way, but we better look different if we are members of an ecclesia, we better have a distinctive way of thinking, choosing, seeing, and acting. Remember that old trope, people say, if suddenly in this country the church were persecuted, if they were coming after Christians, would they find enough evidence to convict you? It's still a good examination of conscience. Are we called out from the world? And then finally, if we're in ecclesia, then we've been called into something new. Well, now we can speak very positively about the life of the church. The church is a distinctive way of being in the world. Paul uses over and over again that great image of the body to describe the church. We're cells and molecules and organs in the body of Christ. We see according to his vision. We think according to his mind. We gesture according to his purposes. We think and move and act in Christ. 
This new way of being should invade the whole of our lives. If church just means 50 minutes every Sunday, or even less than that, well then, friends, we have not been drawn into this new life. If our imaginations, our bodies, our private lives, our business lives have not been invaded by Christ, then we've not been called into this new form. Now, here's the exciting thing. I'll end with this. Jesus says to Peter, I will build my church upon the rock of your confession, and the gates of the nether world shall not prevail against it. The church is a fighting church, the Ecclesia Militans, we used to call it. A fighting church. Yes, it is, precisely because we've been called out from something into something new. Do you think the world out of which we've been called will simply let us be and leave us alone? On the contrary, in the measure that we exemplify a new way of being, it will be opposed to us. But, Christians, listen to me. We are on the winning side. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how much sin compromises us, the gates of the netherworld, that means all those powers, natural and supernatural, that oppose the ways of God, they will not prevail against the church. And so, enter into the fight as a member of this new body. Enter into the fight as a happy warrior. Because though we have a battle on our hands, we know that we are on the winning side. We are members of the ecclesia, called by Christ into a new way of life. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you.